Okay, well, I don't have a gavel to pound, but um, welcome everyone. And uh, we're starting our regular council meeting Monday, May 10th at 5 p.m. So I'm calling to order at five, as I said. Um, you have the agenda in front of you. Are there any additions or deletions? Uh, there is one addition, uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer, and that is a notice to motion. Notice of motion, sorry. Okay. Would someone like to move the adoption of the agenda as amended? Thank you, Mr. Good. All those in favor? Great, it's carried. Um, we have the minutes of May 3rd. Hopefully you have had your review of them. And would someone like to move the adoption of those minutes? Mr. Needham, thank you. All those in favor? Great, it's carried. Um, any public hearings, Mr. Parker? There are none, De uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer. Okay, thank you. Okay, section five, presentations. And we have uh, our member of parliament, Arnold Verson, here to uh, present to us tonight. So take it away. Well, thank you, uh, Deputy Mayor Lane. I much appreciate you putting me on the agenda. Give me a little bit of time here this evening. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I've uh, been in front of your council due to the COVID, um, but nonetheless, here we are uh, doing it over the Zoom. I, uh, I do I do enjoy driving uh, across northern Alberta, and so I, I'm feeling a little bit like I'm getting cheated uh, today, but nonetheless, I uh, appreciate the time. Um, just a little bit of the, the view from uh, Ottawa lately. I have been back and forth to Ottawa uh, many times uh, over the last uh, year, and uh, it's uh, been interesting to watch. the. Uh, back in May, I remember the first time um, after the, we came back again, uh, then the, uh, the birds in the airport were starving. <laughs> that was like one of the things that was kind of interesting. We, uh, there was, and there was like, you might, if you've ever been to the airport, there's like six big TV screens that kind of outline how many flights there are. And there was only 15 flights. So it was like hard pressed to fill up even a quarter of one of the big screens. So that kind of gives you an indication of uh, like the devastation that's happened in the uh, airport industry or the airline industry for sure. Um, that said, uh, we've now more recently, um, kind of the big news is that we've got a budget now for the first time in two years. Um, that budget uh, confirms some of our worries around uh, the debt and deficit. So our national debt is now $1.3 trillion. And we've uh, taken up printing of money. And so I don't know if any of you have been to the hardware store lately, but it sure feels like that printing of money is, is leading to inflation. Um, we've printed over $300 billion in the last year and handed it out. Um, now that has bought groceries and, uh, for a lot of people, but I'm sure you're starting to know groceries are on a dramatic uptick. And that's something that's got us concerned for sure. Um, the debt, the debt as well. Uh, the next year was going to cost us forty billion dollars uh, to to service the debt. It will be our single biggest budget line, uh, just service servicing the debt. And so this, we cannot continue to take on debt forever. Um, and but nonetheless, here we are. Um, we've seen some dramatic numbers again on infrastructure spending. 
we these big announcements of these big numbers, but I don't know about you, but I'm not seeing them trickle down to the local communities in the in the way that you would expect these massive numbers in terms of infrastructure funding. Um, so we'll see as, as the Budget Implementation Act rolls out and where the where the programs are going. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, the other interesting one that I want to flag for folks is just around uh, home renovation tax credits and retrofit tax credits. Uh, that's something that I think Northern Albertans can take advantage of. There is a $5,000 grant that's been announced and also uh, some uh, up to a $40,000 interest-free loan um, that's been announced. The details on both of those programs are to be, we're waiting on them, but those are two things that we're looking, looking for. In addition, something that conservatives have been calling for for quite a while now is to re remove the carbon tax on farm fuels, uh, diesel fuel, there was, no, there was a carbon tax rebate on diesel fuel already, uh, but we were calling for it on natural gas and uh, propane, particularly around the grain drying. Um, and that they have said that they're gonna bring in a, a, a tax credit for that as well. So, or a rebate of some sort. Um, so that was kind of a win that we've seen in the budget this year as well. Uh, COVID is probably the thing that everyone wants to talk about or doesn't want to talk about, depending on <laughs> which side of it you're at. Um, nonetheless, uh, we are seeing Canada, our vaccine rollout program is um, being continues to be a struggle, not because the program, the ability to vaccinate people isn't there. It's a just we ha do not have the vaccines um, to roll out. And so while Great Britain, uh, the UK has had their first zero case day um, today and uh, is they're back to quite relative normal life. Israel is back to normal life. Um, both of these countries have got 60 plus percent of their population vaccinated. Uh, Texas, which is is maybe more like Alberta, um, 18 million people, they've got 60% of that population, 60 plus percent of their population vaccinated as well and have a fully reopened economy. Here we are in Canada um, entering the third wave. Um, I'm not sure how, like I haven't heard too much from the Peace River region, uh, Peace River, town of Peace River, how COVID is doing there in particular, but I know my, my own community here in Bard County, um, we had the good fortune or not of being the highest case count per capita for one of the days uh, about a, two weeks ago. And uh, uh, so locally where I live, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of cases, COVID cases. Um, I, know, I know three people that are in the hospital currently um, because of COVID. And so it's, uh, this, third, this third wave is definitely uh, catching up with us when, when we, thought, we thought we were Teflon up here in Northern Alberta. We had, come through the first and second wave fairly unscathed. So that's, uh, that's continuing to be a frustration, this lack of vaccine availability and rollout. Um, the, the federal government put all their uh, eggs in the basket of uh, CanZino, which is the China-Canada China partnership early on uh, for vaccine production. And that relationship has soured. And it, because we, we went in that direction instead of in some of the other directions, um, there we are. Now we are left with no, uh, we're at the back of the line essentially for vac world supply of vaccines. Um, we've actually raided the, 
like food bank of vaccines, so to speak, in order to get vaccines here in Canada. And so that continues to be a, a major challenge. Um, firearms, I continue to hear lots from folks from around the riding around uh, firearms and the this confiscation plan. Um, there is a uh, $50 million uh, budget line in the latest budget for the confiscation program. And so uh, we'll see again what the details are of that as they introduce legislation to, to make that happen. But uh, that seems to be going on um, uh, at full speed ahead um, for sure. Uh, this is something that will only um, impact law abiding firearms owners, um, those that are continuing to participate in the uh, uh, gun violence in our major cities is not, uh, this will have nothing to do with them because those are in most cases, illegal guns and, and gangsters that are operating. And uh, this uh, confiscation program won't affect those people. So this is, that's also extremely frustrating. The, the last bit I would just like to have a bit of a discussion with, uh, with your council about is I have, uh, I've prepared a series of resolutions for um, municipal councils if they would be interested in passing some of them um three three of them that i proposed uh, for your council's consideration um was one on equalization fairness um my colleague tom kemich he's got a bill called uh, c263 it's the equalization and transfers fairness act um, this bill would actually uh, change the name of some of the programs that we refer to colloquially as as equalization, um, but aren't called equalization in in the federal government. And so, um, whenever we're talking about equalization, many times the the, the terms won't line up. So, like in the budget, for example, if you would do control find uh, the word equalization, it wouldn't actually show up, even though some of the programs um, that we consider to be equalization. Um, are in there. So the, for the, the act that governs equalization is the um, Federal Provincial Transfers Act. Um, and we this bill would propose to change the name of that to, uh, to equalization. And then as well, um, it would be the, it would just recognize the motion that I would love, or the resolution that I'd love for you to pass would just recognize Alberta's contribution to equalization in its entirety. So Alberta's contributed over $600 billion to equalization since the 1960s. Um, and, but the equalization formula does not favor Alberta. In fact, it, it actually hampers Alberta in many ways. And seeing since the significant economic downturn in Alberta since 2015, um, we have seen that the federal fiscalization stabilization program has a cap on it um, so that uh, even though we have had this significant downturn, there's a cap on how much money the, the thing, the program pays out. So when equalization is there to supposedly help the provinces, when Alberta's had a major downturn, um, we're not getting back the money that we, we were expecting. So um, the resolution would be, be it resolved that the Town Council of Peace River, Alberta calls for the adoption of Bill C-2. 6-3, and that the staff be directed to send a letter indicating such support to the provincial MLAs, the federal MPs, and the federal minister of finance, and the local aerial um, municipalities indicating your support. Um, 
did um, Madam Mayor, I'm not sure if you can confirm, did did you actually receive copies of, of my? Uh... Um, I, I did, I okay. assume everybody did. Okay. Sorry, I just got a child that's upset in the background here. Um, the other one is the uh, Modern Slavery Act Bill S216. Um, and that's uh, that resolution as well is calling on the uh, to recognize the evils of the of modern day slavery and to do something about it. Uh, they're recognized that there's more than 40 million people that are around the world live in modern day slavery. And we have a duty to just to stand against modern day slavery and forced labor both here in Canada and around the world. And be it resolved that the town council of Peace River uh, call for the passing of Bill S216. This is a bill that um, I've worked on with my colleagues from the all party group to end modern day slavery and human trafficking. Uh, it's a bill that's introduced in the Senate by Senator Mathilde Deschain. Um, she's from Quebec. Um, so uh, it's a, an interesting, interesting mix is that I get to work with uh, members from, or a Senator from Quebec, a Liberal member of parliament from the Toronto area and a uh, Bloc Quebecois member from uh, Eastern Quebec. Um, we've been working on this bill together and if, if I could get your support for that as well, that would be great. And lastly, uh, the, the, if I could get uh, your council support on a uh, resolution to um, help end the shipping ban um, on off the West Coast, uh, kind of the the C Bill C-48 that uh, caused the end of the Northern Gateway Pipeline, the end of the Carmen Creek Project, um, calling for uh, those, those bills to be repealed. Uh, my, my colleague, Jim Cummings, or James Cummings from Edmonton Center, he's put forward a bill, Bill C-229, which would repeal the, the Northern uh, shipping ban and uh, that resolution reads as follows, whereas Alberta's produces some of the most efficient and ethically produced oil in the world, producers are restricted in their ability to move their products to market. Whereas countries throughout the Asia Pacific region are looking for increased energy security and supply of shale energy. And whereas laws that have been enacted in Canada to prevent tankers from transporting oil and other goods to these foreign markets. And also whereas the lack of pipelines and ability to transport Western oil severely impacts the price of Alberta oil compared to global prices, be it resolved that the Town Council of Peace River call on the repeal of the shipping moratorium and that the staff be directed to send a letter indicating such support. So those are three resolutions that I was hoping that I could get your support on. And I also am also happy to take uh, some questions uh, from council members. So. Uh, thank you, uh, Mayor, for your uh, Deputy Mayor, for your indulgence this evening, and I look forward to any questions. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think probably with respect to the request for um, uh, on the resolutions that uh, we would look to admin to um, prepare a, a briefing note and bring it forth that way. But councillors, do you have questions of our MP? Mr. Needham? Uh, one topic, uh, Arnold, that uh, perhaps you didn't cover was some of the uh, the pipeline discussion that's been going on. Or, um, Line five, yeah. Yeah, I, that one in particular. What, uh, so 
member of parliament in opposition, uh, you got a you got a, a, a tough sled in front of you. But is there is there an update on that? I I can't believe that is just keep going sideways. I, I don't. Yeah. Know. So for those that are uh, unaware, there's a, a pipeline called Line Five, and it actually runs through the state of Michigan for a time, and then back into Sarnia. Um, uh, in lower uh, um, southern Ontario, and then eventually uh, it gets all the way to um, northern Quebec. Uh, that that oil goes through that pipeline, and the section that runs through um, Michigan is uh, the the governor of Michigan. It wants to sh is taking getting rid of the easement and saying you're no longer allowed to use this piece of pipeline, um, and that she said that by May the twelfth, which is in two days. Um, that would be the last day that pipeline would be operational. And we've known about this for a long time and we've called the government's attention to it in several occasions. In Back in February, February 26th, I asked a question in the House of Commons of the minister and he assured me that they had it well in hand. Then uh, last night, we had an emergency debate on, on exactly that because it's, um, we still don't have any resolution to that issue. And uh, it, it's two days away, and here we are. Uh, the government still doesn't have any assurances that the pipeline won't be shut down on uh, May the 12th. So we had an emergency debate last night on that, and we also um, we also had then another uh, debate again today. Um, so we had conservatives put forward an emergency debate last night, and then we had a concurrence report from uh, one of the committees again around line five and we so we had a three-hour debate today um trying to trying to get some answers as to does the government have any assurances uh that this pipeline won't, won't be shut down but uh, at this moment um yeah it's the governor is continuing to say that it will be shut down on on may the 12th what's frustrating about that is canada and the united states we have a, a treaty agreement signed back in 1977 ratified by a uh, Joe Biden when he was a senator um, back in the 1977 and and yet we that that treaty we're not we're not sure if the government of Canada is using that treaty um, and, and standing on that treaty to ensure that this pipeline continues and so um, we have you can you can watch the debates that we were having last night and then today um, they the government the, the liberals, the gov liberal government keeps saying that this pipeline is non-negotiable, but won't give us much more um, uh, assurances other than that. So it's extremely frustrating. Well, thanks. Thanks for the update. Um, okay, so I, I guess uh, on, on behalf of the town, um, we kind of need some help in searching for some grants and actually being granted some grants. Uh, we have a um, sewer treatment plant that we're looking at some enhancement of um, rather quickly here. So I, I guess our, our my request of you would be um, to see if you can find anything that might be yeah. helpful to us. So um, our uh, sewer treatment plant is at the north end of town and uh, we're looking at some enhancements, uh, basically, and it costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. 
Edmund, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, Director McQuaig is uh, online, so he could just uh, give a little uh, uh, a brief uh, update. There is uh, also a briefing note on this agenda here. Uh, I think it's item number nine or 10. Section eight, um, number nine. Yeah, item number nine this evening. So that's, uh, I, I could send it along to your office, but Mr. McQuaig can give you a, just a brief update here. Yeah, okay. So for Mr. Verson's benefit, uh, so basically what's happened is uh, our secondary clarifier, which is part of the wastewater treatment system, uh, is failing, and which is kind of the impetus to, to uh, pursue an upgrade opportunity uh, for that secondary clarifier before it entirely fails. So uh, it's... Uh, could, could be viewed as a repair, but more we're taking the approach that this uh, is more uh, a chance to upgrade it to uh, more efficient uh, motors and, and uh, assemblies that are more up to date uh, for this process. So that's kind of the impetus of, you know, why it's so, uh, what the urgency is uh, for this project to get uh, this completed. Least one. All right, I'm just typing this up here a second, wastewater plant. And we can email your office as well with some more pertinent details on this as hey. well. So yeah, that no, that'd be perfect. Well. Yeah, that would be perfect. Um, you mentioned that uh, you hadn't seen much in the way of infrastructure uh, spending coming, I guess, to Northern Alberta. and. Yeah. Uh, I tend to agree with that. Um, we hear lots of things about transit, um, but really transit in our area has been totally unaffected by any of those grants. Um, we, you know, when in our little town, we have a taxi pass program, that's our transit, but it doesn't count as transit because it doesn't have a bus and et cetera, et cetera. Nor uh, in some situations are we, probably spending enough money to look at FCM type grants. And that's right. another bit of a uh, source of angst that sometimes um, we find out after the grant application that gee whiz, your grant had to be for 50 million rather than 4 million. Stuff like that, which is yep. not too helpful for our area. Yeah, the, we, we have the same problem with the infrastructure bank, um, which is this, novel idea that the Liberal government came out with in 2015. But yeah, it's the the minimum project number is 100 million, uh, which again is like most of the projects that our municipalities are taking on are never that big, right? Councillors, any other questions of Mr. Versa? One of the other failings of the, the transit is between communities like these are all interior inside communities and and being that we're a little spread out here up in the north you probably are fully aware of that given the length of your riding um passenger bus services between communities has also been greatly affected and and none of these grants or anything like that uh you know have an impact on on sustaining those services so we're sort of left out of of that as well, because, uh, you know, these things are done up so narrowly, you know, designed just to, you know, hit the population centers of cities. And we know how, you know, spending money in cities is a little bit more cost effective in terms of a return on your investment of votes. I'm sure you've probably uh, thought about that more than once as well. So 
here we are with uh, passenger bus service that's that's really struggling um, as well. And uh, anything we could get for that would be great. Uh, and I guess one of the other things we heard mentioned uh, was the federal uh, funding for daycare, shall we say. But then uh, we've heard that our premier uh, doesn't think it, um, it compensates uh, everyone that has childcare sort of thing. So um, you heard anything further about uh, when the monies actually would flow from that program? Yeah, so the, uh, the liberal childcare promise is, uh, is older than I am. Um, apparently this is the like ninth go around. Um, we're not holding our breath. Uh, this is something that they seem to promise uh, kind of perennially and then fail to deliver on. Um, the conservatives brought forward back in uh, 2014, the uh, universal child tax benefit, um, which has been beefed up again by the liberals and uh, directs cash directly to families um, to take care of child their child need, care needs. Um, a, unionized government operated uh, system that the government that the liberal government is proposing um, is is again not likely to it's likely to leave uh, rural and remote communities out in the cold in terms of facilities that would would come to come to northern Alberta and so I'm I'm not holding my breath on it that's for sure okay any further question counselors Well, uh, thank you, Arnold, for uh, coming tonight and uh, giving us some information and a little bit of work to do. And uh, hopefully we've given you a little work to do as well. Great. Well, uh, thank you for your time this evening. And I, uh, I'm hoping that the next time this will be in person. Well, yes. Thanks very much for coming up. Thank you. Have a great evening. Stay safe and healthy, Arnold. Good night, everyone. Night. Good night. Okay, so our next section is bylaws and there are none listed. Uh, section seven, unfinished business. Apparently we have none there as well. So we're on to new business section eight. And uh, the first one is a request for decision, retransfer of records policy. And uh, Director Bell might be speaking to this. That's correct. <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> um the report before council this evening is a, a request to approve the updated transfer of municipal records policy the governance and priorities committee reviewed the policy at the regular meeting on may 3rd and does recommend adoption to the policy with the proposed changes. Um, I provide a brief background on the policy and some options for council. One, to adopt or approve the amended transfer of records policy, or option two, to look at any further reviews that council chooses. Um, and administration would recommend that council does approve and adopt the updated transfer of records policy. Thank you. Uh, Councillors, any questions? We had uh, discussions at uh, governance and priorities, as was mentioned. 
Would someone be prepared to put forth a motion, Mr. Good? Yeah, I'll move that we approve the amended transfer of municipal records policy. Okay, any further discussion? All those in favor? It is carried, thank you. And our next one is a request for decision on the fee waiving policy and Ms. Bell again. That's correct. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Uh, this policy has also been reviewed by the Governance and Priorities Committee of which a recommendation for adoption has been presented within this report from the regular meeting at uh, on May 3rd. This policy is in relationship to the fees and charges portion of the bylaw that is applicable to recreation and culture um, fees for equipment rentals, facility rentals, and the like. Um, there again are some options for council's review, but ultimately administration does recommend adoption of the policy as it's presented. Thank you, uh, Mr. Ford. I'd put a motion on the floor, Deputy Mayor, that council approve the fee waiving policy as presented. Okay, any further discussion? All those in favor? It is carried, thank you again. Uh, and Ms. Bell, I guess you're on to the vacation policy now. Correct, these are all nicely grouped together for mm -hmm. me. I appreciate the uh, maker of the agendas. Um, the, this particular policy was reviewed also by the Governance and Priorities Committee on the May 3rd meeting. Uh, this is a, a adjustment to the existing vacation policy where we're adding the Family Resource Network staff to this particular policy and providing paid vacation. It's a wonderful benefit to that wonderful group um, of employees. Not that the rest of our employees are not wonderful, they are wonderful also. Um, <laughs> The policy is being presented for adoption as recommended. Okay. Uh, Councillor Downing. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. I'd like to make a motion that council approve the updated vacation policy as presented. Any further discussion? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Thank you again. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, now we get to go to risk management loss control program policy and Mr. Town is gonna tell us. Thank you, uh, Deputy Mayor and Council. Um, so similar to Director Bell's policies and uh, documents, this was also reviewed at our GMP meeting last week. So uh, not a whole bunch of new information or uh, details to pass along. Um, Staff's recommendation at the time was to rescind this policy. This goes back to 1995 when a uh, risk management loss control program was put in place, um, but it really deals with health and safety practices. Um, as such, they have been replaced by um, incoming legislation, uh, new town policies or health and safety directives that are essentially um, duplicating uh, this policy as it stands. So. Staff are recommending it be rescinded. There will be a proper um, policy coming forward in the future on uh, true risk management issues, um, which would focus on reducing insurance, legal or financial exposure um, and things that uh, staff in, in the town could undertake to, uh, to minimize our liabilities or exposures there. 
We thank you. Um, counselors, anyone want to put forth a, a motion? Uh, Ms. Mr. Needham? Uh, yes, Deputy Mayor, I would uh, put forward a motion that council rescind the risk management and loss control policy number P241995-01 as presented. Thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor? Great, it's carried. And onwards, Mr. Town, to a re reserve policy. Yep, so this is our the reserve policy for the town. It, it governs how we're, what reserves we do have and um, what we're trying to achieve with them. Uh, this was rewritten in 2016, so it is fairly up to date. Staff have recommended a few um, minor changes uh, the first would clearly identify the impacted parties and remove references to an external agencies, boards, or commissions. Um, and then under Schedule A, some reserves that are no longer required for various reasons um, have been removed. That includes the Joint Regional Capital Reserve and the Recreation Infrastructure Replacement Reserve. Recommendation is for staff to um, approve the updated reserve policy. Okay, um, councillors, discussion, motion. Uh, Councillor Downing. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. The, I'd like to make a motion that council approve the updated reserve policy as presented. Okay, thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor? It is carried. Thank you, Mr. Town. Thank you. Uh, next one, we have a request for a decision on the uh, community peace officer warrant arrest policy and uh, Fire Chief Harris. <coughs> is this uh, Deputy Mayor and Council, uh, again, this policy was brought forward at the Covenants Priorities meeting on May 3rd for Council's review. Uh, the policy has been updated uh, with the formatting and some changes to uh, clarify the community peace officer's role in executing warrants of arrest. Um, administration's recommendation is that uh, council approves the warrant arrest policy. Thank you. Uh, any questions, resolutions? <laughs> Mr. Scammerhorn? Yeah, we, well, <laughs> <laughs> the casual viewer, it looks like we're being very uh, cavalier about dealing with these things, but they they were discussed at, at previous meetings and, mm -hmm. and just just to keep everyone at home up to speed. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I will move that we uh, approve the updated warrant arrest policy as presented. Thank you. Any further discussion on that? All those in favor of the motion? It is carried. Thank you. And thank mm -hmm. you, Mr. Harris. Okay, we're on to uh, request for decision on the council floater day policy and CAO Parker. Uh, thank you very much, Deputy Mayor Manzer and council. Uh, before you is uh, the policy on the council floater day um, uh, or, or the council floater day policy. It has been reviewed on the uh, May 3rd uh, governance and priorities meeting. I'd also like to just add uh, uh, a little more to Councillor Scammerhorn uh, discussion is at the Governance and Priorities uh, Committee, it is a committee of council uh, for those who are paying attention and they can't make decisions. They can only make recommendations. 
and the person, uh, the process of that committee is to really dive deep into these policies. And um, because of the Cuff report, we had uh, set up a process to review all policies, um, looking at over a four-year period of time. So that's why we're seeing starting to see a lot more policies that are coming on, and uh, having that um, having council or the committee governance and uh, priorities uh, committee review these these meetings. So um, with this, uh, this is a uh, policy that has been uh, significantly updated. It's been a practice that we've been doing since 2000. Uh, and then in 2007, uh, we basically passed a motion. And when I say we, council did, passed a motion recognizing the official practice. And then in 2009, a policy was put together, but it was very limited in um, nature. And so this policy here basically uh, gives a little bit more parameters and direction and guidelines and um, uh, for the uh, Council of Florida Day practice. So uh, with that, uh, uh, the recommendation from administration is to accept uh, the policy as presented. Okay, and just to be clear, it says council, which really means uh, staff of Town of Peace River, right? <laughs> okay, um, any further uh, discussion? Resolution? Just, just that for some clarification, uh, so with our union contract, I presume that this is a built-in uh, practice for some time, or is this going to come back as a uh, an item up for negotiation when we do the next round of union talks? It, it's covered into our whole process. Okay. Well, if with that, Deputy Mayor, I would put a motion on the floor that we approve the uh, updated uh, Councillor Floater Day policy as written. Okay, thank you, Mr. Needham. All those in favor? Thank you. Okay, our next one is the request for decision for the Town of Peace River Hydrant Testing and Maintenance Policy. And Mr. McQuaig? Yes, uh, Deputy Mayor and Council. So for you tonight, you've got the request for decision for the hydrant testing and maintenance policy that we discussed on May the 3rd at the GNP meeting. Uh, so just one minor change uh, to this policy uh, since you last saw it was the addition of uh, standardized out of service bags for hydrants, which was uh, brought forth uh, for inclusion by uh, Chief Harris and his staff. Uh, so it was a, a, a good add to that. Uh, effect and so that would be the only change on there and uh recommendation is that council adopt the proposed hydrant testing and maintenance policy as presented okay um any further discussion uh would someone care to put forth a motion mr good all those in favor of the motion it is carried. Thank you very much. Okay, our next one is uh, number nine, request for decision with respect to the wastewater treatment plant uh, secondary clarifier repair. And Mr. McQuaig, um, first of all, um, was... Oops, pardon me. I'm talking to myself here by the looks of it. Uh, um, was the website updated with respect to uh, 
this re revision? Yes, it was, Madam Deputy Mayor. Um, if you note on the agenda where it says a revised uh, May 7th, that's when it was republished. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, so Mr. McQuig, the wastewater treatment plant secondary clarifier repairs request. Yep. So I'll take some time to kind of go through this, but essentially uh, what's happened as mentioned when we we're talking to uh, MP uh, Mr. Verson, uh, that our uh, secondary clarifier is encountering a, a failure uh, to the uh, skimmer arm assembly. And as you can see uh, within some of the photos of the report, that the, the skimmer arms kind of like the top assembly that goes around the secondary clarifier and the secondary clarifier is that structure on the very, that round structure on the very end. So it goes around and continually skims the surface in concert with there's a bottom rake arm to the clarifier that also goes around to scrape the, the bottom sludge uh, uh, at, before uh, the effluent the treated effluent goes uh, back out to the river and the sludge is returned back to uh, the plant for processing. So uh, the skimmer arm has failed and uh, we suspect that uh, it's evident that the uh, support arm, which is uh, connected to the, the bottom rake arm has failed. And, but in order to uh, repair that, we have to drain the tank. Uh, completely to get that uh, repaired. So at this point, we're looking at uh, putting in an emergency budget and uh, we've kind of proceeded on that basis uh, to get uh, a temporary secondary clarifier put in place. So that way uh, we're not looking at a catastrophic failure. So we've got that uh, second temporary secondary clarifier on site right now, and we'll be installing that over the next two weeks. So this will ensure that you know we don't encounter a contravention with environment uh, for release of non-treated effluent back into the river. Uh, so that will allow us a little bit of time to drain the tank uh, and check this the extent of the damage and whether or not uh, the assembly has to be replaced in total. At this point, you know, we're looking at about 23 years uh, for the age of the system right now. And typically you'll get 30 years out of a, a wastewater treatment plant before you have to do significant repairs, you know, 25 to 30 years in that neighborhood. So we are kind of entering that zone. Uh, to uh, the cost of a whole wastewater facility of this size, uh, and talking to our consultants that are doing similar work over in uh, Grand Cash right now, is about uh, you know, between 28 to 35 million for a whole plant. So what we're looking at doing to kind of save us uh, uh, from getting into those kind of numbers at this point in time is what can we do to kind of extend the life cycle of our plant uh, by another 10 to 15 years. And in talking to our consultant, if we replaced the entire headworks assembly inside the clarifier. And with the work that we're doing on the aeration tanks this year, you know, we could reasonably expect to extend the life cycle of our wastewater treatment plant by another 15 years. So uh, 
in order to do that. So that, that's uh, the crux of the conversation there is uh, just what's involved in doing that. So I've kind of broken up this work into three phases. One is uh, the emergency work that we're currently underway with and uh, that we'll be seeking approval to get to approved tonight at the very least is that $367,420 number, uh, which will allow us to get in there and complete uh, the emergency repairs and get the uh, temporary secondary clarifier in place and working. Uh, it's a fairly involved process uh, because it involves not only putting the, sec the temporary secondary clarifier in, we've got to put a, a series of uh, temporary pumps into the aeration tanks to bypass our uh, RAS pump uh, system so we can totally evacuate that system and get uh, that repaired. There's also another issue uh, with our secondary clarifier. We've known it for a few years. Uh, but if we're going to go through this work and empty the clarifier, uh, it's a, an opportune time to, to look at repairing the situation, which is uh, the clarifier is actually canted on one side, which is actually uh, uh, going to uh, the uh, skimmer arm assembly tends to bind up on one side because the clarifier is not uh, perfectly balanced and even. So what we're looking at is uh, while this tank is emptied is uh, checking in and seeing if we can mud jack one side up to kind of correct that deficiency. Uh, we've engaged a, a geotechnical consultant to assist us in looking at the solution and seeing if that's actually a feasible solution. Uh, so uh, while we did this, we'd also do the assessment on the skimmer and rake arm assemblies to clarify that yes, indeed, they uh, need to be replaced to get that additional 15 years of life cycle on there. We're kind of uh, anticipating that that is the logical choice at this point, but we will go through and confirm that once the, the tank is emptied. Uh, so that uh, analysis would all happen in phase two. And then the decisions off, off of that would carry into the phase three construction program. So if everything goes the way we kind of anticipate it going right now is uh, taking out uh, the uh, clarifier internal assemblies and replacing those with new assemblies and then uh, recorrecting the, the uh, secondary clarifier uh, and mud jacket up on one side, then uh, we kind of projected that uh, that cost would be about 1.369 million to complete that work. And so the total project cost that you know we'd be looking at that we anticipate today is 1.8 million. Uh, you know, one of the concerns that came up was, well, what if the mud jacking doesn't work? Well, if that doesn't work, uh, and this is why you know it's nice to have that temporary secondary clarifier in place, is it gives us some time and space to figure that piece out. Uh, but what would happen at that point without having to go and start rebuilding a whole new plant is with that temporary secondary clarifier in place, and, but we would have to modify it for winter operations, which uh, we'd have to add some heat trays to it. Uh, for a little more money, but uh, 
it's, it's uh, something that's very achievable. But that would allow us to uh, demolish the existing secondary clarifier in place and replace that. And uh, we would probably go and put a new clarifier on a raft slab or something similar to that effect uh, to correct that, that issue there. Uh, so if we had to go and demolish the secondary clarifier in total and rebuild it in place, then we're probably more in that neighborhood of uh, two to $3 million. But like I said, um, and that's just a, a rough ballpark number at this point. Know that uh, I haven't uh, really discussed that option with our consultant team at this point, uh, but you know, I guess the, the, the thing I'm trying to stress there is that we've got the time and space to do the proper analysis and, and figure out exactly what we're dealing with before we pull the pin on that phase three construction uh, to get that completed. Is that two to three million on top of the 1.8? So, that two to three million would be instead of the 1.3 million. So council, basically what we're looking for tonight is we're looking for moving forward with phase one and phase two up to $439,620. And that will help us determine what the next step is gonna be. We think the next step is going to be, hopefully the minimum of just that, that extra uh, fixing of the arm and an adjustment slightly, but it might not. And we won't know until we do uh, phase one and two, but we have to do phase one, definitely. Phase two, we got to find, it will help us determine uh, the next step, steps there. Uh, Councillors, questions, Miss uh, Councillor Downing, and then Councillor Needham. Thank you, Deputy, Madam Deputy Mayor. So um, Mr. McQuaig, when I do a quick little calculation, um, if it looks like uh, we discover in phase two, OMG, we need to replace the whole clarifier, yeah. I have a couple of things that come to my mind. One, the quick calculation puts us somewhere in the 250 marker to, to extend our rental of a clarifier. That sort of is what I'm looking at to extend it, say another six months or, and that included having to redo the mud jacking. Shouldn't determine that that wasn't happening or that yeah. didn't work. Yeah. So basically if we had to replace the clarifier in total, yeah, you take away that mud jacking, but at the same time, we're having to pour a raft slab in its place to put the new clarifier on. Right. So those are the two questions. One is, What's the, is there a risk that whoever we're renting this clarifier from says, no, no, I need it back in eight months. And now it's, what are we at December? And, and we're looking at this going, oh, well, now what do we do? So is there a risk of that? And two is, if we do need to replace the clarifier, where would we put it? Would it go on the old site? And if so, would we be facing the same issues with sinking on one corner in the future, as we may have experienced, say, with our uh, former Baytech Center. Yeah. So uh, the question to that, and uh, so we'll answer the, the temporary secondary clarifier rental contract question first. We've, we have broached that with uh, Tervita who we're uh, renting that from. 
with the possibility of extending that to a year. They haven't in, uh, indicated any difficulties at this point, but we do have alternate sources should it come to that. Uh, so we do have options and by having it for this six month period at this point, you know, we do have some time to figure that out and clarify that as, as we go through. Uh, the second question for where the secondary clarifier would go, it would go into the same spot. And that's why I'm saying, you know, once that would be removed, we would put uh, a raft slab foundation underneath it to provide better support for that clarifier to eliminate those issues. And, uh, you know, where I've had to use these raft slabs uh, previously is uh, if you look at the uh, downtown Edmonton Towers, uh, Stantec Tower is on one big massive raft slab specifically for that reason that, uh, you know, we couldn't get any solid uh, ground under that to stabilize it. So we had to pour this god awful raft slab under there and it is incredibly thick for that one. We're not oh, looking Mr. McQuaid, this yes. raft slab, it's basically a big slab of cement. Is yeah. that what that is? Yeah, that's essentially what that is. And it just acts like, a, and it does exactly what it says. It acts as a raft for the structure above it. So, and, and they work well in these kinds of situations where you've got uh, some instability in your ground structure. Uh, instead of going really, really deep or, and uh, like uh, for a secondary clarifier, it's not something that we can use piles. Piles are not suitable for this kind of application, but uh, a RAS slab would be. So that, that's probably the direction that we would take uh, to put the, the new clarifier on. And that would give us the stability that we're looking for. Uh, for that site. Okay, um, that's it, Ms. Downing, or Mrs. Downing. Yeah, uh, Mr. Needham. Uh, thank you, Deputy Mayor. Just, uh, Jim, on the uh, uh, the uh, the clarifier, I, I think you partially answered the question. I was worried about the seasonal operation of this temporary clarifier. Mm -hmm. So it's now 40 below, I presume these things operate when it's 40 below. Uh, so they're the yeah, only so modification that uh, we haven't anticipated at this point is uh, heat tracing of the piping lines. But that is something, you know, we could uh, work with our contractor uh, between now and September if we saw that we were pushing into uh, probably November, December, January timeframe. And, you know, we have some time and space to kind of figure that out with him. But, uh, you know, we do have the ability to insulate those lines uh, fairly easily with some heat trace. And then um, just one other quick one, Deputy Mayor, I see Councillor Scamahorn is anxious as well. Uh, the, uh, I think when we discussed this at the, uh, the governance priorities meeting, I, I mentioned something about seeking emergency approval if we ever have to do an emergency release and obviously uh, not a desirable thing to do, but mm -hmm. The mayor of the city of Montreal seems to have done it without too much problems. Oh, so do do we do we prepare for that kind of an event? I mean, so you got a temporary clarifier, you got cold weather. Mm -hmm. I mean, things things can go sideways. So, well, yeah, is, is there something we can do ahead of time, or or do we just alert alert environment to this, or what? Is there some preemptive stuff you can do there? Yeah, and that's it exactly. You know, it's. Uh, you know, part of this whole process is having those discussions with the Alberta environment and having them early. 
So that way there are no surprises on their end, you know, and if something happens and you know, things do happen, and, uh, but there, there could be a contravention. But I think uh, in environments view, it uh, very much uh, depends upon if you've been proactive and uh, with them, you know, they're not gonna come down hard on you for something like that. But if you've been fairly negligent and ignored them and haven't kept them up to speed, that's when you're going to feel the, the weight of environment come, coming down on you. So I take uh, the avenue of uh, proactive is better. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks for that. Mr. Scannerhorn. Thanks. Um, is there anything to be saved for just like throwing everything but the kitchen sink at this problem as soon as we can and getting it? Is there, is there a possibility this happens this year, let's say? You know, we don't do saddleback uh, park upgrades. We don't whatever. Just, just let's just build another secondary clarifier. Forget worrying about the engineering and can we fix it? Can we not? We can save rental on the on the sec on the on the on the backup. We can save engineering on can we fix it? And just just build a new one. Get another fifteen years out of the out of the plant. Um, is that what does that look like? So that that's what I've kind of proposed in the. The original file here is to do that is just proceed and replace uh, the internals and get that mud jacking done and be done with it. In terms of the financing, and I'll let uh, Director Town kind of speak on this as well, but we do have some options uh, that are available to us to defer uh, some other project work. Uh, the ones I'm looking at right now are uh, the Shasbury uh, Trail projects. Uh, part one, part two, and legislation number four. So out of those projects, I've sat down with my consultants to see if we could stage that work over two years versus the one projected year uh, on that one. We're going out to tender with, with that project this week, but what we've built in are uh, uh, some phases within that to kind of, if we need to, we can defer parts of that project into 2022. Uh, but having said that, uh, know what we're looking at doing is uh, we'd have to look at the overall budgets over 2021 and 2022 uh, just to make sure that all made sense as well. Uh, Director Town, did you want to comment some more on the financials? Um, yeah, I'll just re-emphasize, um, and we did have this talk just last week on a different project. Um, there is no extra money sitting around to be able to fund this project. Um, if we are to do it, and again, depends on the, um, the approval of council and then the, the scale or the, the scope um, right now, um, we would probably have to borrow from next year. So um, do the work and then fund it in our 2022 capital budget. Um, there's a, a financial analysis within the report that I'm sure you've read, but I just, I'm just going to reiterate this. Uh, verbally for those who are watching and, and allow any questions. Um, it would probably constrain future work that we could do in 2022 if we have to do this because we do have a limited pot of money. Um, 2022 items are already spoken for. There's neighborhood renewal that we do as part of that pot of money. There's probably some other smaller required things that we have to do. Um, if this were to take an extra up to $1.8 million, um, that would really constrain additional work we could do for the balance of our, our capital projects, whether it's transportation, recreation, 
water, sewer, um, fire, anything. So, um, but that's that's where we are right now in our our um, financial cycle. We just don't have the availability of funds to uh, to be able to to do it now with with our existing monies. That's why we're soliciting. Um, external funders such as federal and provincial governments and seeing what options are out there to consider that. I also mentioned that uh, as uh, part of the Shaftesbury projects, when I looked at uh, deferring parts of that project to, to next year, I also had a discussion uh, with the province on that one to see, because originally we were supposed to have the, the remainder of those projects complete by 2021. Uh, so I've talked to them about extending that uh, to 2022. And they've indicated that they don't have an issue with that, but they said the 2022 date is uh, fairly firm at this point. Councillor Downing. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. I'm sorry, Mr. Town, did you, were you in referencing the 1.8 that we've been quoted tonight or the 1.8 plus another 1.8 should we have to complete the, or should have to replace the whole clarifier? No, it's just the 1.8 that was identified tonight. Okay. If it's above and beyond that, that's a different financial discussion we'll have to have. I mean, I, I apologize for being a little confused as I read this. Um, I, I, the only, what I'm seeing here is the is the proposed 1.8. It isn't the, the phase one and phase two only to discover all we're gonna do is, is go back and say, oh yeah, no, it was just, we needed to fix that arm. We're not expecting that to be the outcome. That's my understanding. My understanding is tonight we're saying this project is gonna cost us a minimum of 1.8. So I think in that CAO uh, uh, Parker, just wanted to give council some options if uh, you wanted some time and thought uh, space to kind of think about the 1.8 number you know at least if we get phase one and phase two underway that would give us some time to uh, to confirm what we're up against uh, for the construction phase so if you had some reservations about approving the 1.8 figure right now that you do have some options in there just to approve phase one and two just one sec Mr. Councillor, good. Okay, so I'm sorry, Jim. I, I don't see any other option than at the minimum of 1.8. Because once we drain that tank, we're in it to fix it at least into phase three. We're hopeful that we don't open it up and go, oh, we need to replace this whole thing. That's what we're hoping. We're hoping it's not going to be another 1.8. That's correct. And, and, okay. and I could just add one other component to it. Legally, um, in order for us to do phase uh, one and two, I had to officially approve for a phase one under emergency financing. And what happened was is we were presented with numbers that were going to shoot up if we didn't do it right away. So from the time that I approved it, I have one council meeting to actually bring these numbers here forward for council for approval. So technically this is the first meeting. I just need phase one to be approved. And I, I'm asking phase one and phase two then once we figure out what actually is going to be the cost, then we will come back and say, here's the real cost. But like you say, we expect it minimum to be about 1.8, but it could be as high as, well, three to four. Three to four total or three to, 
three on top of that. I, I think three on top of that. Yeah. So really 4.3 to five something. Yeah. And, and right now we're, we're just confused and we need to get that information and we yeah. need to get that study. It's, it's very difficult right at this moment with the information we have. Councillor Good? Well, I think my question was answered in a way. It was just basically, I mean, if a miracle happens, we may not need the whole 1.8. I mean, but that now we think we're, we're, we're praying in technicolor. So I think really what we're saying is this is what we're likely going to be doing and we're likely going to have to be doing. So, I mean, if you want to focus it, I'll, uh, I'll make the motion that we approve a capital project to repair and modernize the treatment plant with a budget of 1.8 million, 1.81, pardon me. Okay, administration, uh, does that um, satisfy does that what's need? needed? It, it, it would satisfy and then, uh, but, and council is fully aware that there's a good possibility we might be coming back for more. So if you're fully aware of that, I'm fine with the, the motion as is. And the other thing is you would come back with uh, where the money's maybe coming from the council would then have to figure that, to agree or whatever. That's right. What, what we will look at is we will look at, we will, um, that could be a second motion. We'll look at a second motion at that point. Uh, and council can give us direction. Do you want us to look at uh, borrowing? Do you want us to look at um, taking from next year's uh, budget? Do you want to take uh, a capital projects at this year's budget um, review? And we can bring it to the next council meeting, some possible options for funding this project. But again, it's the difficulty is, is, is when you just don't know exactly how much it's, I think there's going to be a combination. I believe we'll have a combination of borrowing possible, uh, deferring some projects that we have right now, um, and it's just because we don't have pots of money. Okay, so Councillor Downing on this motion. I'm sorry, Your Worship, I missed the actual full extent of the motion. Did Don say for the whole project or was he talking yeah. phase one and phase two? No, the motion reads as the recommendation, which was okay. the council proceeds to approve a capital project to repair and modernize the water wastewater treatment plant secondary clarifier with a budget of 1,810,000. Any further discussions, questions on that motion? Okay, we're prepared for the vote. All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Thank you for that. Uh, Mr. Parker, you were suggesting that we consider a second motion relative to this or uh, leave it? Yes, just um, direct administration to come back to the next council meeting of some possible um, uh, funding uh, solutions or recommendations, funding recommendations for this project. Okay. Um, would uh, a councillor be prepared to bring that forth? Uh, councillor Downing? Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. Uh, uh, council, uh, make a motion for council to, to direct administration to uh, evaluate the financial implications of this and where we can look to pay for our clarifier, our secondary clarifier project. Is that good, Your Worship? Okay. 
Okay, Miss McQuaid, you've got that. Yeah. Okay. All of those in well, further further discussion about that motion. So I heard somebody say once upon a time the uh, the least expensive time to deal with a problem is as soon as possible. So I guess um, reason would follow that the sooner we can get this done, the less time we have to rent the secondary thing for the. I mean that that's that's my instinct right now without seeing any of the numbers what they're going to look like when you guys bring them back. So, um, but. But uh, that's that's just kind of how I'm feeling about it, um, you know. Just at, at this current, you know, position we're looking at it for, instead of dragging it out and picking away at things, you know, unless there's some other advantages to that. There you go. <laughs> so you're kind of saying. Um, oh, we're, 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 well, yeah. I mean, we're gonna obviously we're gonna vote for the motion and bring it back. It's just that you know from vantage point here which is uh like kind of like looking at this from the bottom of the well and seeing the little bit tiny sky at the top here right now oh, it's the bottom it's, of the clarifier does that work for you yeah well I, hopefully i never have to be there but someone's gonna have to be so i hmm. pity that individual okay uh any further comments discussions on the motion are we clear as to the motion okay all those in favor of the motion it is carried. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Mr. McQuaig and Mr. Town for your clarification of things. And Mr. Parker too. Okay, so we are at the 10th item, which is a request for a decision on the proposed provincial police force. And Mr. Parker, you're leading them. That's correct, Deputy uh, Mayor Manzer. So um, basically what has happened is uh, we've, um, we had a presentation last uh, GMP meeting, and during the presentation, uh, uh, it was basically the union from uh, the RCP that presented uh, their concerns and issues uh, about a possible provincial police force replacing the RCMP. Uh, they've made presentations to many municipalities and also the AUMA and, and uh, RMA. Uh, some organizations and towns have been uh, writing letters to the minister of concern. And uh, this is basically uh, asking council if they would like us to either uh, write uh, some letters of either support or not support or uh, to get more information or to invite uh, members from the provincial government to talk about the, the study that they have just um, completed and are analyzing right now and uh, what path forward are they looking for? Um, so we're just looking at, uh, or, or do you wanna do anything at all basically? So um, after the presentation, um, I know the uh, union uh, individuals were looking for some kind of support from council, but I don't know if council, this is your time to actually discuss if you want to uh, uh, move forward with any kind of um, motion or uh, give us direction of what you would like us to do uh, concerning this issue. Okay, so councillors, uh, Mr. Ford, your hands up. I definitely would uh, support uh, option two that we uh, write the booster letter and uh, we don't support the changeover to a provincial police force. I think the RCMP are doing a great job. Okay. Uh, other comments? 
Mr. Needham. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, counselors. Uh, you know, when the presentation was made, there was reference made to uh, Albertans identifying this topic in terms of a priority. And it seems to me I heard that uh, there was a list of 15 and this topic ranked up around number 14 in terms of issues that the provincial government should be pursuing. And I, I, I would agree. I, I don't think this is uh, the time and place to be doing this. I really have no interest in doing this. And as I said at the other meeting, are there some issues we need to discuss in terms of policing our community and the contract we have with the RCMP? Absolutely. That's, that's another conversation for another time. Um, it, you know, we should, my preference would be that we just simply say a letter, we don't support it. Uh, I'm not sure where the AUMA is on it. I guess the other option is that we just remain silent and, uh, and let the AUMA come up with, they are our organization that are supposed to represent us. Uh, we could remain silent and see, see where they go, but um, I'm, I'm not opposed to simply saying that we don't think it's the right time. But again, this sort of borders on provincial federal politics and, and then even politics in our own community, I guess, to some degree. So maybe a little tricky, but uh, I guess we'll see where the conversation goes in the next few minutes. Okay. Um, other councillors, comments? Councillor Good? Yeah, I, I think I, I sort of um, go along with Councillor Needham's um, statement is that I haven't, give, I haven't seen a lot of information that says this is a pressing need. And in the absence of that, with all of the other issues that are going on in this province, all of the other things where I think the, the province rightfully so is involved, and, and in some cases with, I think, a lot of support from the people of the province. I, I just don't see us supporting this right at the moment. Um, I don't know enough to say that it's the wrong thing to do, but I don't have anything that indicates that it's a necessity to do or a necessity to do now, especially in light of every other issue we have in this province. So I would say at this point, I can't support it because I have no reason to support it. Uh, any further comments? I guess it would be, I mean, this government was elected. They ran on this issue. Um, they, it would be pretty tough to say that they don't have a mandate to look into it. And, and I mean, the ball is rolling in that direction that they are looking at it, not that they're, uh, you know, you know, doing it. So, I mean, we can't be surprised that they've that they've you know done some investigating to see if this is going to work or not or whatever. So far, yeah, the numbers don't look like it's the the the, the whatever the benefits would be that the the trade off would be there. I I guess for myself, I've only been hearing one side of the discussion um, as well, right? In terms of everything that we've been presented with or given with or whatever is like this is a horrible idea. It's bad, and these are all the reasons why. Obviously, those individuals aren't exactly being forthcoming, and nor should they be, uh, because it's not their team about the other side of the issue. And so, I I would before I you know fired off a letter, it would be interesting to see where the um, the pros and cons list finally lands. I I think it would be um, looking at this from you know, prudence as opposed to expedience, I think I, I would prefer to, 
to wait um, on this issue in, in that regard before, you know, committing us to a position and writing a letter about it. I, I guess one comment I would uh, say when we had our MLA, uh, Dan Williams, um, he did speak a bit about this. Um, One of the things he did mention was maybe there would be um, different political influence than the federal government is presently giving in his viewpoint to the RCMP for Alberta conditions or something, but I might be misinterpreting what he said too. Anyways, uh, Councillor Good and then Councillor Ford. Well, potentially if we're going to write a letter, why not write a letter that says at this point we, we can't see a reason to support it, but at a minimum what we would what we would like to see before anything is done is to have um, real discussions with the municipalities that the RCMP is serving. I don't know that they've had those discussions. I don't know that they've come to Peace River and said, how do you feel about this? I mean, it's one thing for the province to look at this from Edmonton and decide, you know, we have this policy, we think this is good and we think it's good because of this. But have they polled the municipalities to say how the municipalities feel? And I don't believe that they have. And I, I don't think that they should make a, a something, a, a change of this magnitude without, um, without having that kind of. Miss yeah. um, McQuaig or Mr. Parker, do you remember we did receive an email um, asking for a response to a survey about RCMP? It was sent out to counselors. I do recall that. I had. I can't remember who it came from. Um, I don't recall, but I thought that Councillor Ford filled that out. Or uh, I did. <laughs> I'm just taking a look at that right now. Sorry. It Councilor was. Uh, muted. It was a survey coming days. Uh, center of, I do remember filling out a survey. I know when the AUMA uh, president did his tour now two years ago uh, up in Fairview where various municipalities were there, he was talking about it at that point in time. And yes, I, I agree to a certain extent with Mr. Scamhorn that we've heard kind of one, the negative to it. Um, it's been hard to get um, somebody on the other side to say the positives, I guess. And, the, and like the numbers really don't look like they work. You know what I mean? The back of the napkin numbers on this thing for really seem to make it look like a non-starter. Like I, I, I'm, I'm really close to Councillor Ford's position on this one. It's just that. Yeah. Okay, Councillor Ford. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the presentation, um, when they when they talked about, uh, isn't there a, a time sensitive date on writing a letter? So if we did write a letter, it probably wouldn't arrive in time anyway. Wasn't didn't they mention a date that this was happening very quickly? Well, they said that uh, the survey was ended at the end of April, and uh, they were dealing with it. They they felt by the end of May at the latest. That's what I, I thought was um, the presentation from last week. Mm -hmm. And in their slide uh, presentation, it clearly said that, uh, and in, in one of the articles I believe I read, um, it clearly stated that 
the original um, uh, uh, from Price Waterhouse Cooper, their study was to be completed and presented to uh, Solicitor General's office uh, April 30th. So it's my understanding that report is in their hands right now. Okay. Um, Councillor, where would you like to go with this? Uh, you could leave it blank. Somebody could make a motion. Councillor uh, Needham. I wish I had a motion. The, uh, I guess just to have some further discussion on this, I mean, what's, you know, this, how this policing contract works is how Solicitor General's department via the Alberta government signs a contract with Ottawa. And the last time it was signed, it was for a 20 year contract. I have no idea where, where that is, whether we're in year 10 or whether we're in year 19. So th this, is a, this is a big ship. Uh, and to suggest that there's a deadline in the next couple of weeks to get a letter, I, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that's a real deadline because this, this thing is, is framed in a much bigger picture uh, that again, our Solicitor General and, and the federal government has to negotiate or find a way out of that contract. I, I, I can't see the provincial government just carte blanche taking a pen and and saying, well, we, we no longer have this service. So with that said, I, I guess I'm kind of in, inclined just to, to let this thing cook. Do we have, do we have to do anything? Uh, I read the options that are proposed, but what happens if we accept this as information and we let, uh, we let time percolate along? Again, uh, what, what's going to happen? Um, I, 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 I guess I'm suggesting that you want, want to write a letter. I'm not sure we're all on the same page in terms of writing a letter because some of us are saying we want more information. Some of us uh, aren't saying that. Uh, I guess, the, uh, again, I'm just covering this again, but what happens if we just sit on this? Uh, is a letter from Peace River going to make any difference? Let's be honest. Mm. Uh, Ms. McQuaig, you had... Um, I was just checking and my recollection is that MLA Williams indicated that this question may be the referendum question for October, but I can verify that. But that's uh, what my preliminary notes show. Yeah, there were, sorry, Deputy, yes, I remember there was questions around the Senate and there was questions around the RCMP and there was one other one. It was proposed. Yeah, so that so my point being, it's this is being, you know, are, are we just wasting our time here this evening? I'm, I'm not going to suggest we're wasting our time, but our ability to influence that contract is somewhat limited, I guess. But uh, so somebody could put forth either a motion uh, with one of the three options or a motion to accept for information. Councillor Ford, I. I'm now tending to agree with uh, Councillor Needham. I'd put a motion on the floor to sit to uh, accept this for information. Okay, there's a motion on the floor. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion? It is carried. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you, Mr. Parker, for gathering that and Ms. McQuaid. No, okay. That 
we're on to uh, reports. So we have some minutes. Um, first is the draft minutes of a uh, May 4th uh, Peace Regional Healthcare Attraction and Retention Committee. And Miss um, McQuaig is part of that committee as am I. And basically COVID has uh, uh, taken us sideways with respect to some awards presentations. Um, and we're looking at basically some sort of annual thank you towards um, uh, physicians and other all healthcare workers um, this late May, June. We just haven't decided kind of what to do. So that was the gist of that one. Ms. McQuaig, anything to add? Uh, not at this time. It was Rural Health Week and we uh, right. applied for and got a small grant to just do a quick uh, thank you. But again, with COVID and the increased restrictions, we're trying to find a way to safely do that as well as uh, the larger gala. Um, unfortunately, the two nominations that we did make for Healthcare Heroes Awards this year were not successful. So um, uh, Dr. Grudanis and the diagnostic imaging team will not get the recognition that we feel they so richly deserve, but I'm sure the other, that the uh, successful members are equally as diligent in their communities. So we probably hope to include uh, those two award nominees in some <laughs> post-COVID celebration. Uh, the other thing, uh, the committee uh, thanks the town for um, uh, having a proclamation declaring uh, Rural Health Week. Then on to the Municipal Planning Commission minutes. Um, someone want to speak to that meeting? I think we had a nice discussion that Capture Bounce School was proceeding with its new school building. That was the main thing. Uh, the third one, the Peace River Aboriginal Interagency, March 16th meeting. Uh, basically, COVID has taken a, a sideways uh, view for the um, powwow this year, and it will be some sort of virtual uh, powwow with um, competitors submitting their uh, dances and going from that. The Eagle Feather Ceremony for um, Education uh, Graduates is being done, but uh, at the school level, probably more so. Would someone like to accept those three reports for information? Um, Councillor Downing, all those in favor? Great, it's carried. Okay, information, apparently we have none. Uh, there was a notice of motion, Mr. Parker. You're on mute. That is correct. Uh, the notice of motion for council uh, from Councillor Ford to direct administration to purchase the Quint Aerial Apparatus truck apparatus for Peace River Fire Department as recommended in the apparatus study completed by the town of Peace River. So the actual notice of motion is to direct administration to purchase the Quint Aerial Apparatus for the Peace River Fire Department as recommended in the apparatus study completed by the town of Peace River. Okay, thank you. So we don't vote on notices of motion. Um, they go forth to our next um, regular meeting. That is correct. Okay. Um, any comments from the public out in Zoom land? Nope. We've received none. Nope. Okay. 
Uh, key communications items, uh, Ms. Hume, what are your thoughts? Um, this evening is a little dry for um, large single hit items. However, uh, in council updates coming out, we will talk about the policy updates, um, both specifically, but also collectively. Um, the reason you're seeing 10 policies on a single meeting is part of a review. It's important to tell people we do these administrative reviews. Um, I do have a couple other items just to mention that aren't specific related to this council, but they are sort of key items that we're communicating presently. Um, so we have the spring cleanup details were announced on Friday. Uh, we'll be mailing out information to homes uh, with this utility billing cycle, um, and we'll be doing some radio ads and online advertising. Um, we've got our walk to win program underway. If council's not familiar with that, it's a program that encourages uh, residents to go walk, cycle, run, record their kilometers and submit them uh, to the town. So with a partnership with some local businesses, we actually have a couple prizes to give away. So we're doing weekly prizes to incentivize this. Um, so far in one week, we've had a collective more than 2200 kilometers walked. So that's apparently from here to Salt Lake City. Um, so we're off to a good start. We weren't sure what, this is the first year we've done this. We weren't sure what kind of uptake we would have. We're pretty happy so far. Maybe we can get to the bottom of South America. <laughs> we shall see. I'm, I'm impressed with how much we've, people have moved so far. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a uh, seniors week details have been announced. So once again, we're gonna be doing uh, deliveries of gift baskets, um, and a prize draw. We're gonna be, I believe, roping in the fire department to do the deliveries. So we're just in the process now of collecting registrations and we'll do the deliveries. I think it's June 10th uh, during actual seniors week. Great. And uh, I'm just wondering now, uh, we should add something about the water wastewater treatment plant upgrade uh, investigation. Um, yes. and, and the key is, okay. is, is that this is a new problem that was just discovered in March um, with our report, it's it wasn't something that was missed or anything like that. It's just that this issue occurred in March after we've done the budget, and some of the issues that we're going to deal with uh, to try and get to the full bottom of uh, how dis um, effective it's or costly it's going to become. So absolutely, yep. Yeah, that, and yeah, the uh, report is very well done. So it's uh, basically that's the the key. I'd like to also stress because. Okay, thank you. Councilor Needham. Just uh, if I may, Your Worship, a small sidebar, just a shout out to administration. Uh, council had quite a, a lengthy discussion at budget time over water rates. That's 603, 604 number up to 660. And I, I thought the article that was written and presented in the utility bill was, was well written. Um, again, uh, administration's work. And I thought that was a, a great article. and. It broke down the uh, cost of a liter of water to half a cent. So I thought it was a good story. Maybe it'll uh, take the sting out of some of the Facebook posts we're about to receive, I suspect. But uh, uh, again, uh, good good job on the communications. And uh, I, uh, I certainly appreciate that work. Great. Thank you. And some great um, Greg Town, Councillor Town, or Councillor Town. Director Town deserves some serious credit for uh, laying it out that way. Um, well, well, now that I know that, I'm, I wonder if I could backtrack, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I meant that in a humorous way. Good, 
good job, you guys. I, uh, I, I thought that was a good story and would, again, well presented. So thanks, thanks for that work. <clears throat> okay, that's good too. So uh, we're onwards now um, to our closed session, if someone cares to move us into that. And I think uh, we're ready to uh, move to adjournment. Uh, somebody? Uh, Councillor Downing? Okay, we all, all those in favor? Great. We adjourn at 724. Thank you, everybody. All right. Thank you. Good job. Bye, everyone. Good evening. Have a wonderful evening.